Hello, welcome back to the Penalty Box Podcast. Liam Godmer here alongside my good friend and co-host, Will Peshik. And Will, uh, you are known to be a diehard Islander fan, the biggest Islander fan that I know. And I know that everybody wants to talk about game two, uh, excuse me, last night's loss, terrible loss, eight nothing loss. But you know what? Let's go back a little bit further because it's been a little while since we've been able to talk on the podcast. And the Islanders, Will, we need to talk about Ryan Pollock and his save in game number four that may have just saved the New York Islanders season. What was going through your head in that moment? Because I remember, I think you said you were screaming to me, almost woke up the neighbors at that point. Well, you have to look back on it like this, right? We know the outcome of yesterday's game, eight, nothing, which gives Tampa a three, two series lead. If Pulak doesn't keep the puck out of his net and Tampa goes on to win in overtime, the series is over in five games. Mm-hmm. So, Although game five didn't go as what you wanted, he evened up the series like that. And it was a huge play. Um, if they go on to win the Stanley Cup, it'll be known in Islander history forever. Um, people are putting it on T-shirts right now, and that's a wrong thing to do because they haven't won anything yet. I mean, they won. Sure. Huge play. But it's game four. Now it's going to be game six, you know. But, Liam, let me ask you this about game five because it's the most recent in my memory. That will probably never happen again under Barry Trotz, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, and, you know, well, one of the things that I was going to say, you know, when you, were, when you were talking, you know, through your point was that as hard as it is to win at Nassau Coliseum, and it's very hard to win at Nassau Coliseum, beating the Lightning at home, that's a different animal, too. Obviously, they don't have the fans. They don't have the atmosphere like the Islanders do with the Long Island fans at Nassau. But you know what? The Lightning, when they are at home, they come to play. And I think that Tampa Bay noticed and John Cooper uh, alike noticed that they were really outplayed and they didn't come to play in game one of this series at home. And they had to make a statement last night in game five. And with an 8 nothing victory, I'd say they absolutely did that. But will it ever happen again under Barry Trotz? Not for a very long time, because, Will, if you look back to the last time the Islanders had this lopsided of a loss, when was it? It was 8-2 to uh, last year in the Eastern Conference Final against Tampa Bay. And remember, last episode, I believe I talked about this. I said, look, the Islanders lost 8-2 to in that game, but they came back and they, I believe they won the next game lost against Tampa Bay. Eight-second goal by Kucherov. But they kept it close. And, you know, if not for a late goal by Kucherov, that game goes into overtime and it's 50-50 on who wins the game at that point. So that's the takeaway I have. The takeaway is not that the Islanders got beat 8 nothing and that they're going to lose this series in game six. The takeaway that I have is that when the Islanders have a meltdown, a terrible performance like they did last night, Barry Trotz is going to get his team to come and play. And that, that's what I take away from, from the game we were last Ranger night. fans on Twitter yesterday. That were tweeting out like good season, whatever may it, it may be. There was one Ranger account, the Garden Faithful. I don't know if, if I'm aware of. Yep. He replied back. He or she who runs the account said, "Whatever thing you just wrote, delete it and put it in your drafts because the this team is known for coming back from a loss like that." And to me, it, it will just never, ever, ever happen again. I was stunned. To be quite honest with you, I was stunned. Watching that game, I was I was stunned because that was so uncharacteristic. They were missing men. They were losing puck battles. Every opportunity was an on-man rush. They were outnumbered. I was I was stunned. So now, 
is the pressure on the Islanders or is it on Tampa Bay? Because now they only need one, one to win. And Liam, I said it over Twitter and, and on Facebook. The fourth one's the hardest one to get. The Islanders win game six at home, which I think they will. You literally got to flip a coin in the air and that'll be your game seven winner. And it's funny, Will, because this is the exact scenario that we were in last year in the bubble. Remember, it was a win or go home game six for the Islanders, and they were at home. They were in Toronto or Edmonton, but they were the home team, so they had the first line change that they could make. And you know what? It was a close game. Sorelli obviously wins it in double overtime, and the Lightning move on. So now Barry Trotz and the Islanders have a chance to change the narrative, and that all comes in game six. And Will – what I was thinking about last night was that when you texted me after the Islanders were tied 1-1 going back home to Nassau Coliseum, you said to me, you said that this seems awfully familiar to what we saw in the previous two series against Pittsburgh and against Boston. But here's the difference. You won game five against Pittsburgh and Boston, and you had the opponent on their toes. You came back to Nassau Coliseum, and both teams couldn't adjust. Now it's different. Now you are on your toes. How do you feel, you know, you know, going back between the, the, the Pittsburgh series, the Boston series, and now to something a little bit different with the Tampa series in that it's, regard. It's, it's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. but I know the Islanders and the history with the Coliseum, and it could be the Coliseum's last game. I don't think they're going to ro- teams don't roll over. And as a matter of fact, Liam, one, nothing, eight, nothing. It's the same result. It's a loss, right? Some may want to say, well, eight nothing is a is, is a beatdown. One nothing, you give your team a shot. Eight nothing. I wouldn't see that as motivation coming back. Like if I was the like if the Islanders beat Tampa Bay eight nothing, I would be petrified for game six. I would. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, you know, in my opinion, in the entire playoffs, you know, going back to when teams weren't eliminated and when everybody was involved, there was only one team that could beat an opponent by eight goals. And that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Boston was not going to do that to you. Pittsburgh was not going to do that to you. So when Tampa was in control of the game, they have the star power from line one to line four to do what any other team in the playoffs couldn't do. So if it was going to happen, it was going to happen against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So just uh, I would just take a little bit of solace uh, in that fact. But, uh, Will, let's go to the goaltending now. And obviously you can't blame Semyon Varlamov for any of the goals last night. He was left completely out to dry. But what do you think about Barry Trotz's decision to go with Ilya Sorokin? Because I understand both sides of the coin. You want to salvage the game when it's three, four, nothing. But you want to put your young goaltender in a situation like that where he gives up four goals. And I think that's the most amount of goals that he's given up since he became an Islander or maybe at least since the playoffs started for sure. I think that it was a way to wake his team up because clearly they were not in, in the zone, if you want to call it. And they just looked flat. Goalie changes sometimes spark a team. But if you want to see the response, Liam, Vegas – lost 7-1 Colorado in game one and they went on to win the series yeah so yeah it has happened before teams that get beat up by an opponent don't roll over and die I'm not saying they're going to win game six because I don't know if they're going to I want to believe that they will and I want to believe they'll force a game seven but 
all both the wins that they've had have had courtesy of the lightning pressuring at the end of a game. They don't take their foot off the gas pedal. Game one, 58 minutes, 58 minutes of pure domination. Mm-hmm. That last two minutes, they could have scored six goals easily. There right. is, there's not a lot of room for a miscue here. And that's the game difference. Six, yeah. Game six to me. I'll put it to you this way. If the Islanders win game six, I like your chances in a seventh game. Mm-hmm. However, you have to score the first goal. The first goal has proven to be the most important goal in this series. Because the first goal went on to win each game of the series. That doesn't surprise me one bit because both the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders have the ability to go into lockdown mode when they have a one goal or a two goal lead going into the third period. And that's the key, in my opinion. But with Tampa Bay, look, I think that game one and game five were very similar. And I say that because game one, the Islanders dominated and they won. Game five, Tampa Bay dominated and they won. The only reason why the scores were three, I believe three to one, was it? Or two to one in game one and eight to nothing, you know, in game five, it just goes to the star power and the depth uh, that Tampa Bay has. That's, you can't compare Tampa Bay's star power and depth to any other team. And that's including the Islanders. So I look at that on a very similar slate. What happened after game one? Tampa Bay came back. They had a complete performance and they beat the Islanders four to two, you know, to take one out of two at home. Now it's the Islanders opportunity to rebound. And I think that they will. They have a lot of things going in their favor. They have their coach who still has confidence in this team. You heard Casey Sezikis, you know, he said that he's going to shut out all the chatter from the outside world and that they know that they're a good team and that they are going to come to play. I'm not sure if you saw that. And you have the fans who are going to be raucous. It could be the last game at the old barn at Nassau Coliseum. So they are going to be ready. Nicole Revive said, I hope that you're ready uh, to sing the national anthem because I'm not even going to take part of it after the eight, nothing loss. So they have a lot of things going in their favor. They have to use that momentum that they're getting from outside sources, like the fans, like the coach, like the players, like Nicole Revive who's trying to pump up the team and the fan base uh, to get a win in game six. And I think that they'll give the lightning a very tough game. This is not, to say that the Islanders are like the Washington Capitals. However, Barry Trotz has been, this, has been in this situation before. 2018 Eastern Conference Final. Tampa Bay had a 3-2 series lead. Game 6 and Game 7, Capitals goaltending gave up zero in Game 6 and Game 7. Mm-hmm. So Barry Trotz has done it before. He has done it before. So I'm just saying... The series is not over. It it's, is not over. It's not over by any stretch Three of the to one, Maybe. And yeah. I think that's why the Islanders lost last year. They fell behind three to one, and it was impossible to score to win three straight games against the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is win one game at home, and it's literally a, a coin flip for game seven. Absolutely. But I think that Tampa Bay is going to be very confident going back into Nassau Coliseum because they knew that they had the Islanders on their toes and that they were one lucky bounce from forcing overtime and potentially winning game number four. So I think that the confidence level is going to be sky high for Tampa Bay. So they need to, the Islanders need to be able 
to thwart that early storm and prevent the lightning from getting an early goal, early storm, no pun intended, of course, uh, the Islanders need to get the first goal. If they're able to do that, I think they're going to win the game. If Tampa Bay gets scores the first goal, I think they're going to win the game and I think they're going to end the series. So, you know, the Islanders shouldn't be upset. And going back to what you said before, Will, in the very beginning about Ranger fans and other fan bases on Twitter, you know, discounting the Islanders. I think last year, I thought this after last year, but even after this year, I think, you know, more so than ever. The Islanders have solidified themselves as the second best team in the Eastern Conference. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are slightly better because who's better than the Tampa Bay Lightning? But besides that, I think the Islanders can beat anybody. I think they can beat Carolina. I think they can beat Boston. They showed that to you. They can beat Washington. They showed that to you. They beat Pittsburgh. They showed that to you. So you know what? Uh, Don't be upset if the Islanders get knocked out. Tampa Bay is $18 million over the cap. They are insanely stacked. They have the best goaltender in the league. They have a tremendous defense core with a former Norris Trophy winner in Victor Hedman or a future Norris Trophy winner in Victor Hedman uh, and three of the best players in the world, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Braden Point, and Steven Stamkos. And they showed you why last night. So don't be upset if that happens. But, Will, let's get into the last conversation about the Islanders here. And I texted you earlier today. I said, what is your goaltending plan for game number six in a win or go home game at Nassau Coliseum. And you surprised me a little bit when you said that you'd go with Ilya Sorokin. I just want you to talk about that uh, a little bit and what goes behind that decision. Cause I don't think Varlamov was bad last night. No, he wasn't, but you have to make some type of change. I would assume Oliver Wallstrom comes into the lineup. I would ho- assume that's for Travis Zajac. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in goal. Would I be shocked if they go to either one? No, I would not be. But I will say this. It will be a new Islander team. Win or lose, they will be the best Islander team that we see because their backs are against the wall. Yeah. I'm I'm just leaving it out there. This team is not going to roll over and die. They will make you beat them. Mm -hmm. Yes, but it was a rarity. Game six, the Islanders will make the Lightning beat them. Right. And I remember going back to, you know, to the Rangers series against Tampa Bay in 2015 and 2016. I remember that Tampa Bay handled us with ease six to two at home. And sure, that's not eight nothing. But I just remember just how lopsided that game was, regardless of the score. Tampa Bay just came out and absolutely dominated the Rangers. That's the sense that I got from the Islanders against the Lightning last night. But if you can win game six, Will, I could not agree with you more. It is an absolute coin flip uh, for game seven going back to Tampa Bay. And I think of very key component of this series the rest of this series is that the islanders have proven that they can go into tampa bay and they can shut the lightning down and beat them and they did that in game one and if they can win game six on wednesday night in nassau coliseum they can do it again in game seven and get back to their first stanley cup final since 1984 so let's get back to the western or the other conference Montreal and vegas Liam, if the Islanders get knocked out, I'm hopping on the Montreal bandwagon because they just continue to impress me. And if it wasn't for a Marc-Andre Fleury miscue behind his own goal, Vegas could be up 3-1 in this series. But give Montreal credit. I don't want to sound harsh to their fans. This is probably their best chance to go for a Stanley Cup for quite some time now. They're nowhere near the top of the league. Next year, when they have a full season again and full playoff, They're not going to be playing all Canadian teams in the first round. So, Liam, this could be their biggest, biggest chance as we know it. 
Well, a small part of me wants to see Tampa Bay go to the Stanley Cup final and Montreal also go to the Stanley Cup final because I would love to see a Stanley Cup final matchup between two divisional opponents. Of course, Montreal and Tampa Bay both being in the Atlantic Division. That would certainly be something to tell both of our grandkids, you know, one day that there was no Eastern or Western Conference, not in 2020. Uh, Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I think right now, I think I am rooting for Montreal more than any other team. I mean, it's not hard to dislike Vegas. You know, Vegas is a, a great team. They're an expansion team. They're a great story. Maybe a little bit cocky, you know, may, may have taken Montreal a little bit lightly. And Carrie Price and the rest of that Canadians team is showing why they should not uh, do exactly that. And uh, news on yeah. Zell's part, there yeah. is the suspension, but he has been fined the maximum of $5,000. I knew it was either going to be a one-game suspension or a fine of $5,000. Not really a surprise. I mean, look, I texted you that I was a little perplexed by the decision because of precedence. We saw Pavel Buchnevich do the same thing, but of course there was more, you know, backstory to that. We saw Zdeno Chara cross-check Brendan Gallagher right in the face in the playoffs a couple of years ago. He got a one or two-game suspension. So, look, I'm happy that Barzell is available for game six. That would have been a crushing, crushing news to hear if he got suspended one game in a win or go home game for the New York Islanders. $5,000 fine. I think that's okay. Is the Department of Player Safety an absolute joke? Yes, it is. Is the Department of Player Safety very inconsistent? Yes, they are. But for the Islanders and their fans, I think it's a huge sigh of relief to have Matt Barzell back uh, on the ice on game six. And I didn't get to see a replay of the cross check, but you had mentioned to me via text earlier this morning uh, that Ruda was going down as Barzell was trying to get a cross check, I believe somewhere to his chest. And since Ruda was on his way down, he caught him in the face. So if that was the case, I'll try to pull that up. Yeah. Um, Let's see if I could. In the meantime, Nolan. Yep. Montreal, Vegas. Well, it's 2-2 right now uh, in the series. Obviously, Nicholas Waugh scoring the overtime goal on Sunday night, uh, allowing Vegas to tie the series at 2-2. And just want to put this out there before we play the video. Yes, Waugh did score the game-winning goal against the Canadians. You know, just get a little chuckle there. Of course, the history of Patrick Waugh. But here's the video. As you see, there's a scrum uh, ensuing, and Kalorn gets involved there. Right now, it's just a, a mashup of players, and we'll hopefully get to see another replay uh, in just a second. But you can see Ruda and Pajot were battling all game in front of the net. A couple of cross-checks there from each player, and here's Barzell towards the lightning bench. Yeah, yeah, I think he was trying to cross-check him in the chest, but it, it definitely wasn't uh, a clean play, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, I could see it either way, to be honest. You know, what's interesting to me is they both went after each other. Like Ruta turns, he cross checks him, and then Barzell goes to cross check him. And then I think, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, it, he wasn't trying to do that. Um, he doesn't have a history. So right. I, and that's I, the reason why he's he's not suspended. And uh, look, you brought up a great point when you texted me earlier that Barzell doesn't have a history. Those other guys, you know, they might have a history as to why the Department of Player Safety decided to make that decision. But I think you can really toss that video up to a scrum between two players who were battling all night. Ruda was getting in the face of not only Matt Barzell, but other players like John Gabriel Pajot. And I think that's a sense of frustration on Barzell's part. But the fact he wasn't suspended, that's the only important thing right now.
And Will, let's slide back over to Vegas and Montreal. Got a little mixed up there. But we talk about the goaltending situation with the New York Islanders and whether to go with Ilya Sorokin or Semyon Varlamov for game number six. Well, Vegas has the same question going into game number five because Robin Leonard was fantastic in game number four and was a big reason why that game got to overtime and why Vegas was able to eventually win. Where do you go here? Because you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who had the terrible giveaway behind the net and allowed the game-tying goal by Josh Anderson and then let Josh Anderson beat him in overtime uh, to win game number three. Pete DeBoer makes an interesting decision by going to Robin Leonard. It works out for them. And now you have two goalies that are ready, willing, and wanting to play in a pivotal game six. Will, if I'm Pete DeBoer, it's a tough call. But I go with I go with Marc Andre Fleury. I think that you can't really you can't get on Marc Andre Fleury for making a bad giveaway with the puck. Look, those things happen to goaltenders. If he was playing poorly in addition to that, then maybe I would make the switch for well, game six. Some, but we'll see. Fleury and Leonard were both on the ice for morning skate, and Fleury took the heavier workload. I don't know if the heavier workload means he's going to be the backup, but it, if if I'm Pete DeBoer, which by the way. One of the Islanders today said in the middle of their press conference, I'm just reading it now on Twitter, that Barzell knows he screwed up. He apologized to us after the game. He says hat trick tomorrow. So we'll see if that means anything. <laughs> hey, that's the right message to send. Certainly um, is. Back to the flurry and Leonard thing. It was a risky and I'll say ballsy move by Pete DeBoer to go to Robin Leonard. If that backfires in his face, it'll be talked about forever. He won. Now, me, I'm putting Robin Leonard in the net. Here's why. He's the healthier and fresher goaltender. Marc-Andre Fleury has played every game in the postseason aside from game one against against Colorado. Mm -hmm. Robin Leonard is fresh. And Robin Leonard is not no slouch. He was a a finalist for the Vezina Trophy in his first year with the Islanders. So I I just Robin Leonard. You know, Will, it's funny because we had a very similar conversation last year during the Western Conference Final between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. The question was, where do they go? Do they go with Leonard or do they go with Flurry? What happened? Vegas went with Leonard and they lost the series. Now, I do want to preface that by saying Vegas lost the series, not because of goaltending by any stretch of the imagination. They lost that series because they could not put the puck in the net, which is not a problem that they're having this playoffs thus far. And against, you know, carry price early on in this series. I look at Marc-Andre Fleury. I look at a goaltender who won Stanley cups. I look at a goaltender who should by all uh, accounts win the Vezina trophy this year for the league's best goaltender. I like what Robin Leonard was able to do in game four. I would not put him in in game five. If Vegas wins game five and they have an opportunity to close the series in game six, then yes, you go with Leonard. But right now in a series that is tied two to two, where Montreal has proven at points in this series that they are the better team, you got to go with Flurry, in my opinion. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I think you need to go with the fresher goalie this time of year. Well, remember, Flurry, he didn't play game four, so he's he's been off for I, – I understand what you're saying. Leonard had not played well, until – since he, May, but Here's still. where things could be a little easier for Pete DeBoer. I think game four was a very tough decision because if they lose now, they're down three to one. 
But if you lose today, you're down three to two, and you have Mark Andre Fleury, who's rested for two games, who's who's a finalist for the Vesna Trophy, who's likely going to win it this season. So it's not a do or die situation in Game Five. Yes, it's a very pivotal game, but you have another game to go if you lose. Compared to Game Four, where you're down three to one in need of two wins and not one. Yeah, I certainly see what you're saying, Will. And, you know, going back to Friday night, which was game number three in this series, look, for the, fir- for the first 58 minutes, and, you know, we keep talking about 58 minutes and, you know, what happened with the Islanders in game one, but for 58 minutes, Marc-Andre Fleury only gave up one goal, and he was stopping the, can- uh, the Canadians at every single corner. And it wasn't until there was a minute and 45 seconds left where he made a misplay, a stupid misplay that went between his legs and right to a wide open Josh Anderson who put it into an open net to where the game changed. And then, of course, in overtime, uh, many 2 on allowed Anderson to score. So you can't really blame Flurry for either of those goals. I think that we both have, you know, um, valid points when it comes to this. But for me, I just think game five is too pivotal of a game and I think you need to win it. And I think you need to go with your best goaltender. And the way I look at Vegas's goaltending tandem as it stands right now is that Marc-Andre Fleury is your 1A and Robin Leonard is your 1B. But we'll certainly see the Canadians will. They've been very impressive and they've been on this miracle run. I guess you could say, and we're both hoping that they win this conference final, not West or East, just a conference final, and go to the Stanley Cup. But my question is for you, whether Montreal plays the Islanders or Tampa Bay, what do you give their chances of winning that series? Because, Will, I don't know if you noticed this, but I did in the last couple of years. There are not many teams that the New York Islanders struggle against. The Montreal Canadiens are one of them. I'm just putting that out there. You know, there have been games where the Islanders have failed to show up against Montreal. They've been stymied, stymied by Carey Price. Have you noticed that over the last couple of years? And if the Islanders make it to the cup final, who would you rather play? At, at this point, at where I am in the series, anybody. Anybody in the Stanley Cup. Anybody? Um, yeah. I'm just saying, if you look at the two rosters, just, you know, would you rather go up against Leonard and Fleury and Vegas? I'd rather go against Leonard and Fleury because Carey Price does scare me. Um, He's just at another level right now. Um, Here's what I will – we can wrap up the show on this note. Give me your serious predictions and I'll give you mine. I will start. I'm going to take Vegas in six, and I'm going to take Tampa in seven. Okay, interesting. For me, I'm actually going to take Montreal in seven games. I think they are going to make it back to their first Stanley Cup final since 1993. And uh, I don't know if they're going to win because Tampa Bay or the Islanders, that's a hefty matchup. But I am going to take Montreal to at least make the Stanley Cup final. And as far as the Islanders and Tampa Bay, well, it's really tough uh, for me. But last night showed me that I just... Just can't go full throttle with the Islanders. I think Tampa Bay ends it on Wednesday. Uh, and I say that because, look, they were very close to forcing overtime in game number four. And if they turn on the Jets and they put the Islanders back on their heels, it's going to be a long game and a long series. But the Islanders have proven me. They've proven you wrong every single step of the way. I would not be surprised one bit if we are going back to Tampa Bay for a game seven Friday night. But for right now, pencil me in for an all Atlantic division Stanley cup final Montreal versus Tampa Bay. Imagine hearing me say that about say, a year ago. Let me say <laughs> this too. 
it's interesting because if you're the Islanders, there's one opponent who you haven't been able to beat in the playoffs over the past two seasons. And that's been the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, they have not faced elimination. Ready for this? Since they beat Col- they got swept by Columbus. Now, facing elimination is going into a game seven. Mm-hmm. So something has to give. This can't go on forever. Right. <laughs> and you know what, Will? Another interesting stat that I, uh, that I read last night that goes right alongside exactly what you just said. In that games, playoff games, after they lost, they are 12-0. and 0. And that was that, before last night. So now they're 13-0. And, and that can't stay forever either. And that can't stay forever either. And that's why I think it is absolutely pivotal. And a, I would say it's a must win for Tampa Bay on Wednesday night. You can't go back for a game seven. You just can't do it because Barry Trotz's mentality and the Islanders mentality in a game seven is a lot different than it is going to be in a game six or a game five. Barry Trotz is going to tell his team if the Islanders get to a game seven against Tampa Bay, go out there, get one goal and then give them absolutely nothing. So if the Islanders win game six, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders won game seven, won nothing. So that's why the most important game of the series for both the Islanders and the Lightning is Wednesday night. No more of an important game, if you ask me, because I think if the Islanders win game six, I think they're going to win game seven. And I said that, you know, about Boston and I said that about Pittsburgh. I said if they went into Pittsburgh or if they went into Boston and won game five, they're going to go back to the Coliseum and win game six. It happened both times. So Tampa Bay has to finish them off on Wednesday. They have to. They can't, they can't allow the Islanders to stay alive and be the pesky Isles that we all know. So who's the pressure on right now? Is, is it on I'd, say, I'd say the pressure's on Tampa Bay. I, 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 re- I really do. I really do. For the Islanders, there's no expectations. After last night's game, who expects the Islanders to come back and win this series? Vegas. Vegas has all the pressure too. Montreal's loving it right now. I totally agree. I totally agree. Look, you see the Islanders and Montreal, and I'm just taking the regular season into account. Look, both those teams were the number four seed in their respective division going into the playoffs. Nobody expected the Islanders to make it to the conference finals. Nobody expected Montreal to make it to the conference finals. I expected the Islanders to make it to the conference finals. I said it on this podcast in the first round. I said they're going to run through Pittsburgh, and I said they're going to run through Boston. Actually, I think I took Boston in seven. But I said I wasn't surprised if the Islanders were going to beat Boston, and that's exactly what they did. So I couldn't agree with you more, Will. And we could probably, or potentially, I should say, see a Stanley Cup final, two number four seeds, the Islanders against Montreal. Will, wherever the Stanley Cup final takes us, whether it's, Tampa Bay in Vegas, Tampa Bay in Montreal, Islanders in Vegas or Islanders in Montreal. We are going to be heavily, heavily entertained uh, well into June for the Stanley Cup final. Will, I will end this podcast at Penalty Box by just saying to take things easy uh, today and then to tomorrow. I believe we're watching the game together tomorrow, so hopefully we'll have a podcast. I I had like, it's funny because I was fine. Like, for some reason, I know that they always have a bounce back game. I just know it. And I'm not concerned. But tomorrow, I think you're right. Tampa has to end it because it's a coin flip. And it, it look, I said it to a couple of my friends through text. I said, this game five has the feel of the Islanders winning game seven on a goal that's like deflected off a skate, a glove, a 
like the goalie's blocker. Like it, it has the feel that a, a crappy goal is going to win the series in seven games and game five will be forever forgotten. It just had that feel last night. Absolutely. Definitely. And Will, I have one last question for you about the Islanders. that just came into my head before we end this episode of the penalty box. You touched on, you know, the possibility of Oliver Wallstrom coming into the lineup and obviously getting shut out by Andre Vasilevsky last night. If you're Barry Trotz, do you mess with the first line? Do you just put all of your, you know, big headed guys on the first line, put your Barzells, put your Wallstroms, well, put Palmieri and just try to score some goals. Here's what he did in game four, which ended up working. He put Kamarov on the line to start. And because he was the home team, he had the last change, which he will have tomorrow. It depended on matchups. So right. there were times in game four where Palmieri was on line one for the offense and Kamarov was on line three for the defense. That was throughout game four. And Barrett Trot said he's going to continue to rotate Kamarov and Palmieri the rest of the series. So tomorrow you could see against the Stamkos line, Kamarov with Barzell, or against the Braden Point line, Kamarov, Pajot, and either Wallstrom or Zajac. Right, certainly. And if Wallstrom goes into the lineup, I think Zajac is the one uh, who should come out, uh, if you ask me. And look, Will, I take you back to the first goal of last night's game, Steven Stamkos. I believe it was the fourth line that was out there when that goal was scored just 45 seconds in. So Barry Trotz makes the decision like he has made in the first two series and most of this Tampa series to start out with his fourth line. And it backfires on them because John Cooper put out his third or fourth line against the Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck line. They made a quick change, got Stamkos on the, on the ice. And then, you know, before you know it, pucks in the back of the net, it's one nothing and Tampa Bay doesn't look back, but will you have anything to add on this episode of the penalty box? If not, we will be back with you tomorrow. I think uh, let me for an immediate one reaction. Thing. Uh, let me say one thing. Yep. Barry Trout said, just like a 24 hour flu, we got over it and moved on. We stayed the night in Tampa. We woke up this morning. It was a new day. We flew home. So that's all you want to hear. Yeah. That's all you want to hear. Just, you know, just get the tape, put it in your hand, throw it in the river and just forget about it and never watch it again. Because I know, you know, Barry Trotz knows and the whole entire Islanders team knows that what we saw last night is not close to what the Islanders have showed us all season. And if they can just get back to playing Islanders hockey, we could see them back in the Stanley Cup final. But, Will, this has been a good episode of the Penalty Box Podcast. Until next time, we may be back for a reaction episode after Game 6. If not, we'll be back the day after to discuss everything that went down, whether we're looking at a Game 7 or whether the Islanders have been eliminated in six games. But it's sure to be exciting. Check out Vegas and Montreal tonight, Game 5, 9 p.m. Eastern. Who's going to win that one? I think it might be Montreal, and they might just find themselves one win away from their first Stanley Cup final since 1993. The Penalty Box Podcast. Liam Godimer, Will Peshek. Until next time, thanks for listening.